When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Welcome to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 2, Episode 19. That's not what we say. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 2, Episode 19, chapter titled... Wrong Side of the Tracks. You forgot? No, I got confused because I was doing the other part. Oh. So I was preparing myself for you to say the wrong side oh. of the tracks. Oh. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And we're a podcast. Yes, we are the human embodiment of a podcast. Yes, we are. Not as we sit here, but as we fill ears. As, that is what we are. Like, as a being, we are a podcast. Yes. We were only, I was pod and you were cast. And then we got married and we became podcasts. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Cool. All right, so do anything cool to talk about this week? We don't have anything cool to talk I mean, about this week. I mean, we did save our neighbor. We... Okay, you tell the story because okay, so... I'm going to be a bummer about it. Yeah, this was the most fun I've had in a very long time, which says a whole lot about my life right now. And mine. <laughs> so we're sitting eating dinner. It's one of my favorite dinners. It's hot dogs and beans and macaroni and cheese all mixed fancy. together in a bowl. And it's so delicious. It wasn't fancy. We do eat fancy sometimes. Tonight was a very fast dinner because we needed to record this podcast. Yes, we did. So we had to do a quick dinner. Yes, we did. So we're eating dinner. And I get a text message from one of my neighbors and she says... One of her neighbors. One of my neighbors. Not Alden's neighbor, but my neighbor. He's not very neighborly. Like, he's not a neighborly type of person. Like, I like talking to the neighbors. He's not so keen on it. Like, and here's why. Tell the rest of your story. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a text from my neighbor and she's like, hey... So, how are you with getting wild animals out of people's houses? That was the text. I said, uh, what? What do you need? She said, I have a huge lizard, a huge injured lizard in my bedroom right now. And I can't go in there. I'm freaking out. And my husband is gone until this weekend. So, I said, Alden, can we go down to the neighbor's house? And save her from this lizard. And of course, Alden being Alden is like, maybe we should just call animal control. I'm like, let's go see. Because knowing her, it's probably just like a little skink or like a salamander or whatever. And she's saying it's like huge. And if it's not one of those, then it would be like a pet lizard that somehow got lost and ended up in her house. There are not like giant lizards just hanging out in Virginia. Yeah, definitely. But if a pet lizard got out and then was in the wild, it could definitely be a problem if it's in someone's house and it has caught a disease or something and it's got rabies or i don't know if that's why i got gloves so yeah. i get some gardening gloves because i can't find caden's work gloves that he lets us use sometimes and i got gardening gloves and we walked the 10 minute walk to their house and she met us at the door and she handed us a box and she said okay when i open the bedroom door it's by the bed closest to the bathroom and she <laughs> threw us in the room and basically shut us in there with this lizard and Alden held the box and I saw the lizard and it was a little skink like I said and it had lost its tail yes it had and I had my gloves on and I went to pick it up and it started running out of my hand as fast as it could but then I caught it it was a little dicey there for a minute didn't know if I was going to catch it I thought it might go behind furniture and then I would really let the neighbor down I didn't want to let her down like I didn't want to make things worse so I got it and I cupped it in my hands and I put it in the box and then Alden closed the box and he took it all the way out to the woods and let it free in the woods and he said it was bleeding which is very sad I like lizards but yeah we saved the day and she was very very excited that we got the lizard. Yes. It was not a giant lizard. No, it was tiny. It was, and it was injured and it could barely walk. But she was legitimately like screaming over it. Yes. Like she was genuinely afraid. So it made me ask Alden, like when people have a phobia of something like that, does it seem Actually bigger? said phoba. I did say phoba. <laughs> Tell me about your phobas. 
I'm not talking about my phobia on a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so like if you have a phobia of something that to like the regular eye that doesn't have a phobia, it seems like, you know, smallish, whatever. But if you have a phobia of that, does it seem bigger? Like, did she actually see a giant lizard in her room? I don't know. I got a phobia of death, so I don't... <laughs> it's always big. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Okay. Anyway, that's what happened. It was so much fun. Oh, my goodness. It was an adventure. And Alden's like, that was not an adventure. I'm like, shut up. That is how that went down. It was... I mean, I didn't go say, it was not an adventure. I did say, <laughs> I mean... Because she was like, what an adventure. That was so fun. And I was like, mm-hmm. And she was like, what? Why? She wasn't comfortable <laughs> with me just going, mm-hmm. So I had to say something. And I went, well, it wasn't really an adventure. And she was like, shut up. I'll punch you. <laughs> I didn't threaten to punch you. Oh, but yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was fun. So that was the story. That was what I have to talk about today was saving my neighbor from a salamander. So we watched an episode of Boy Meets World. We did. Yep. We did. It was called... Wrong Side of the Tracks. Mm -hmm. It was written by, uh, hold on, it was directed by David Trainer, Megan Trainer's grandpa. It's not really Miranda. Don't worry about it. Uh, and it was written by Susan Estelle Jensen again. Okay. She's back. And our dogs are running amok in the house. Somehow you'll edit that down to where like no one can hear it because you always make comments about things that like we can hear in person and I can never hear it. You have bad hearing. I always hear it. I have headphones in my ear holes. I don't know why you're arguing with me about that. I always hear it. Like, I was listening to an old ap episode today. Were you? Yeah, it's a long story. I'll tell you after the podcast. Um, me and a friend at work were both listening, so he could critique it. And well, What did he say? Let's talk about Let's hash this out. Let's not. Was it bad? Let's talk about it later. Oh, no. Our podcast... Guys, why are you listening to this? Our podcast is awful. Just kidding. I love doing this. I don't care if you listen or not. So, anyway... Just kidding. I like you. I care about good you. Good God. I don't want to listen to this. Anyway, I could definitely hear the dogs running around the house. Mm. And now you can again. Text us at BMG and BMW. Say Don't text hello us, but... to Coco and Fred. Yes. So anyway, we watched it. It was good. Um, there was a one glaring issue I had with this episode, but after looking it up, I decided to be less harsh on it. Um, so we'll get into that, I guess. Do you want to just, do we just no, talk? Uh -uh. Okay. We'll mm -hmm. talk about it when it happens. Yeah. Okay. So where do we start? Classroom or not? I'm going to punch you. I'm going to throw you to the skinks in the woods so when i said the thing about you punching me like this time you were I like did threaten it I, I did i wouldn't do that no i said i didn't do that i did this time i'm gonna punch you and i'm gonna throw your unconscious body to the skinks in the woods the tail of skinks blurb Corey and sean go for a stroll along railroad tracks and get lost when they follow the wrong side Okay, so it wasn't about that. We start classroom or not? I don't know. You tell me. Hallway. We start in the hallway. We start in the hallway, and it is um, Sean talking to some girl. Her name is Jill. It is Jill. And she is, um, well, he's asking, or she's telling him that she likes him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, can you say it again? And she says it again. He's like, can you say it with my name now? It was weird. I don't know why he was doing that. He's a weird flirter. He's a very weird flirter, but girls are into it. Yeah. It's weird. I think maybe I think flirting is weird anyway, though. So that's my barometer for things. I'm like, oh, flirting. That's so weird. So then you're saying that it is weird the way he's saying it. I'm like, okay, so that's right. not normal flirting. No, it is not normal flirting. Uh, so... <clears throat> She walks away and he's talking to Corey about how like, oh, of course, Corey's like, Jill, wow. And he's like, yeah, I can't believe a girl like her would go out with me. Like, she's smart. And she says she's not. She's just like a different kind of girl than I normally date. She has style, elegance, parents. <laughs> That's really mean to all the other girls that he dated. Who I guess. Probably but had parents. I guess. Or maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. But I'm pretty sure they did. There was a there were a couple where like he talked about their parents, I think. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. Like Becky, who was my favorite of his girlfriends. Mhm. Mm was a wonderful girl. She she was elegant and stuff. Maybe she didn't have parents. Maybe. You don't know. Okay. Anyway, so, after all that happens with Corey and Sean, Sean's like, oh, best girl ever. She's way out of my league, but I got her. This is fantastic. Then you have Jason and Eric. 
Making fun of them. Making fun of them. And then like talking about how like it's open season for girls. Yeah, because they said we only hunt when we need to hunt. Yes. Gross. Gross, gross, gross And then a girl gross. walks by and Jason is like, it's wabbit season. <laughs> gross. Yeah, no wonder he can't get girls. <sighs> so they chase after this girl and... Eric runs up to her to ask her out, and she turns around. And she's like, Eric Matthews. And he's like, you know my name. Then she says her name, and he's like, good guess. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's two for you. And um, he's like, so what's your answer going to be when I ask you to go out on a date with me? She's like, well, I would say yes, but I have to go skating. And he's like, oh. She says, I spent all my free time at the skating rink. Yeah. And, oh. Can you hear Alden's stomach? It sounds like dogs tapping away outside. Probably. <laughs> um, so Eric's like, oh, that's a bummer. And then Jason's like, but he can skate. He can totally skate. He's a good skater. He's like the best skater. And so they decide to go on a date. Like he's going to meet her at the skating rink. And then <laughs> we go to the classroom. Classroom or not, Alden? Uh, I guess it's classroom because you just said classroom. Mm, yep. So... They're talking about, um, this is, I guess, history class. Yes. And they're talking, no, not history no, it's, class, this is English. English class. I forgot, history is Mr. Rafini. <laughs> and they're facing the other direction, history class. English is facing the other direction from, okay, anyway. So, <laughs> Topanga is there sitting in front of Corey. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Turner is talking about how they have to write essays on people that they admire. Biography. Biogra- yeah. A biography about people they admire or, or people that, that they find interesting. And Topanga's like, I'm going to write about Katie Kirk because I think she's wonderful and she's like a strong woman and blah, 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 blah. And Corey's just like puking behind her like, ew, that's stupid. And um, she's like, what? Like why do you have a problem with her? And he's like, she's just fake. Like she just, she's got a fake smile and she's like fake happy and she's just a fake person. And she says, so who are you going to do your biography on? And he says, uh, the captain of the USS enterprise, James T Kirk. And they're like, uh, he's not a real person. And he starts like plugging his ears and making noises. Like, la la and, la la. Um, and Mr. Turner says, no, you have to, it has to be on a real person. It doesn't matter who, it just needs to be a real person. And he's like, so it can be anybody? It like, can be anybody at all? And he's, he's like, like yeah. anybody, absolutely anybody. And he goes, then I'm doing my report on Sean. And, and Sean goes, and I'm doing mine on Corey. And Topanga's like, you walked right into that one. And he like leans over her desk and he's like, I did, didn't I? Yeah. I did, didn't I? <laughs> uh, so... Um, so then we go to the cafeteria. It's apparently the next day. Guess who took good notes today, class? Alden did. We go to the cafeteria and um, Corey and Sean are like trying to write about each other. And Corey's like, all right, Sean Hunter, um, where where were you born? And he's like, well, I'm from here. And Corey's like, he was raised by wolves. And then they start like howling. And then Jill walks in with her friend, I think Mindy. And um, Sean howls again and then like stands up. And Jill's demeanor towards him is completely different than the day before. And she and he's like, I can't wait to go out on Saturday. And she's like, oh, about that. I can't do that. And he, he's like, OK, what about another day? And she's like, no, I can't do that either. I can't go out with you at all. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I can't go out with you at all. And that's it. And he turns to Corey and Corey's like, what just happened? He's like, I I don't know. Like, that was really weird. So Corey goes to Mindy, who is my favorite snob I have ever seen in my life. Like, the way that she delivered her lines was so funny. But he's like, um, what's going on with Jill? Why'd she just dump Sean? And she's like... Why wouldn't she dump Sean, obviously? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, like her parents? Like, is it her parents? And she's like, of course her parents won't let them to be together. And he's like, why? I don't understand. Well, they don't exactly run in the same circles, do they? So basically, Jill's too good for Sean. No, she even says, look at where he lives. Yuck. Yeah. So Jill's too good for Sean. Yeah. Um, and the social Sean, hierarchy of high school. And Sean overhears this. Like Sean is walking nearby so that he can kind of 
be within earshot of what she's saying. So Corey walks over to him and he's like, you know, she, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm sure that's not what happened. And Sean's like, of course she knows what she's talking about. I'm, I'm awful. And I'm from a trailer park. Why would she want to be near me? I'm just, that's, this is my lot in life. I should have known. I didn't have a shot with a girl like her and a girl from a nice place. And so he's all dejected now. But he seems to be like, he's not in completely down spirits, but like he's, he's just, he's, it's pretty down. It's coming in waves. Like you'll see that it comes in waves through this episode that it just kind of degenerates. Yeah. Cause, and Corey's like, what do you mean where you live? And Sean says, a trailer park. And Corey goes, but it's a but great, what a trailer park. Right. Which like, and I guess I'll jump into this right here. And it's a thing that will be a common theme throughout this episode is that there are two sides to Corey's response to this. One is a really good one. Like Corey does not think anything of the fact that his best friend lives in a trailer park, which is what I would expect from our own children. Like, why would that be a defining thing in a friendship? Like, Corey does not define Sean by where he lives. The stigma of a trailer park is kind of lost on Corey. Like, he's just like, okay, so you live in a trailer park. That's where you live. That's where your house is. I visit you sometimes. It's not a big deal. And, like, Corey's parents allow him to go to the trailer park and visit Sean. So the stigma is not there between those two families, which is fantastic. But there's also like this really weird place of place of privilege that Corey operates from where he also can't empathize with what Sean is going through. That like. If it were one of our kids, I would encourage destigmatizing it, but I would also say like he's going to go through things that you don't understand. Like right now, your friend is going through something that you don't understand. Yeah, but just because you'd say that doesn't mean our kids would handle it well. Like, no, I agree with that. But just and I know, like, like I said, the side of the fact that he does not operate under that stigma is wonderful. It's great. But I, I do wish that I mean, we'll see it later. I'll be able to talk about it more later. But stay tuned. Stay tuned um, for my opinion, because <laughs> that's what you're here for. <laughs> Anyways, so we go to the kitchen and Morgan and Corey and Sean are all sitting at the table and Corey's still trying to work on this report. And Morgan is going through pictures of Corey for Sean's report. And she's like, this would be a really good picture for your biography, Corey. And it's a picture of Corey playing in a sandbox. And Amy comes over and she's like, well... Um, oh, look, Corey, that's you playing in the sandbox at the old house. And Sean just like, oh, so you've always lived in a house, huh? And Corey is like, yeah, but I mean, it was a small house and I was just playing in the sandbox all the time. Do you want to talk? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot where I was. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Sean says, oh, yeah, you were playing in the sandbox because I was, I was, you know, playing in the back of a burned out Chevy nearby. By the septic tank. By the septic tanks. And Corey's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, it's, you know, it sounds like fun. And Amy uh, asks Sean if he's going to stay for dinner. And he says, oh, you know what? I was, but, you know, I, I, I'd like to have Corey over for dinner tonight. Corey, why don't you come over and have dinner? We're making fish. My dad's making fish. And Eric goes, oh, I mean, Eric. Corey goes uh, on, on the engine of his engine block of his car again. And Sean goes, yeah, you liked it last time. And Corey goes, yeah, no, it was great. It was just a little um, oily and antifreezy. So Sean is up in his feelings about it and stands up and says, fine, if you don't want to be hang out, like stay here in your house with your family and your kitchen. And your oven food. Yeah. So he storms out and Corey's like, what happened? Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like he... Because of the fact that he doesn't look at it as something that defines Sean, he's also not understanding of what Sean is dealing with. Like, Mm -hmm. as someone who has gone through a, a tiny bit of poverty, like, I know what that feels like for someone to sort of pick even the smallest thing that is pretty regular in my life that I've come to terms with. He's come to terms with the fact that 
Sometimes he eats food that's cooked on a truck engine. But hearing that from your friend where your friend is like, eh, that's just a thing I'm not quite into. It pulls out that part that sets you apart from him. Like, it's hard to hear those little things. Those little things seem so much bigger. Uh, so it, now it's the next day. It's the next morning and Corey is walking in the hallways at school and he finds Sean and, and you can tell a few classes have gone by because he says, Sean, I haven't seen you all day. And Sean's Where like, Where have you giddy. been? Yeah, he's like manic. It's yes, not, yes. he's not giddy. He's manic. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and he is just like, oh, yeah, you, uh, you know what? I figured, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, who I thought I was going to be. So I had to do something bigger and no one's going to forget who I am. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? Guess what I did? Just wait, 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 wait. And Corey's just confused as shit. And Mr. Feeney walks out into the hallway and he's like, nobody go in the blah, 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 downstairs, whatever. I don't and remember. And his feet are like sloshing. Yeah. He's like, it's become a, a swimming pool. Don't go. <clears throat> and Mindy is trying to get past him. And she's like, I have to go to the library to study. And he's like, we're sinking. And bring a boat or and something bring a like boat that. And like runs off and. Corey's like, what did what did you do? And what are the other things? That I don't Sean remember. Did? He lists a bunch of other things that he did. He like let all the rats free. And he in science. And he changed the clocks twelve hours ahead, which is <laughs> the same thing. The same time. So the bell rings, and he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, uh, bell." Yeah. But Corey's like, "Why are you doing this?" And he's like, "You know, I got it. This is who I am. You know, maybe this is what I was meant to be, or something." Yeah. And he says after he's like. My biography is going to say, after being mild-mannered until seventh grade, he realized he was actually trailer trash. And that he was nothing until he blew up the school. Wow, Sean. That took a turn. Yeah, he literally couldn't even say that at this point in time. No, he could not. He would be arrested on the spot. He's going to be arrested right now. Um, So, Corey is freaking out about what Sean is saying and he says are you just doing this because Jill dumped you like and she wouldn't go out with you and Sean says Jill did did me a favor by showing me who I really am and um as he's saying that outcome Joey Joey and Frankie, Frankie and, and Harley, not Harley and and fake Harley Kiner fake Harley the worst Harley Kiner I've ever seen he in was my a, life he was a not Harley Kiner but he was so we didn't we didn't know like we were like okay so maybe this is just someone else yeah at this point he's i had no idea i thought it was just some random guy who was leading him that week yeah like harley finally decided to leave high school because he's 85 years old he decided to move into a nursing home and here's the new guy who's leading the i'm sorry the what (laughs) The cronies, but like, why are you, why aren't you talking? <laughs> because you're uh, there's no room. I had a lot there's of no caffeine. Room in you this, had not enough. There's caffeine. no room in this inn. Uh, <laughs> so here, during the first watch, this took a few scenes before I realized. I thought this was just another guy that they were following. Mm-hmm. But later on in the episode, it becomes clear they call him Mr. Kiner, and then uh, they call him Harley. Yeah, it wasn't and, even just like a cousin. Right. And I was very upset. And so I thought, upset. like, I'm going to sit down and the whole episode's going to be me mad that there's this fake Harley. But you researched it. I did. What did you because find out? Not only, like, he, was a, he wasn't a great actor. Sorry, dude, whose name I forget. He didn't. I don't think he ever saw the other guy play Harley Kiner. No, ever. he might not have. But he was also wearing what clearly was... Huh? was supposed to be Harley's jacket because it was way too big on him because he was smaller than Harley. Um, Did the original Harley Kiner get sick and like pass out on set and then they had to just grab a random person? Worse. So what? Harley um, was bipolar, apparently. And he had a he had a breakdown during the middle of recording the episode. So they had to have someone else come in and replace him and do his parts. So he had to go away for a while and come back better before he could act again. Um, so I kind of forgive what happened. I, I forgive it 100% except for the fact just leave him out of it. R- right. What I was going to say is just 
have one little line in there, like at the, at the first introduction of Harley, where Joey and Frankie are like, huh, it's funny that Harley's, Harley's sick today, so we had to grab Jim Bob here to take over for Jim us. Jim Bob, or just don't, like... Joey and Frankie could have stood on their own. That's true, too, but they already had all those scenes written, so it might have been harder for them to try to edit all that than to just grab somebody. Yeah, and then Mr. Turner wouldn't have been able to say a thing that he said at the end. True, Uh, but just add that one line in, and you can mostly play with it. Yeah, I agree. we just grabbed some other guy named Harley. Right. Um It is what it is, though. Like Now that you've told me that, though, it is so much more forgivable. Like, poor guy. Poor guy. Like, yeah. A- after I read that, I kind of went, okay, I get what happened. I do think could have been handled a little bit differently, but tough situation. They're in the middle of recording an episode with a bunch of 13, 14, and 15 year olds. Yeah. And they have to start from scratch in the middle of the episode. Yeah. And their filming time is limited because of the age of most of their cast. Right. So it's, yeah, I understand it. It's, it sucked because it was a kind of Harley heavy episode. Mm-hmm. And I love regular Harley so much now. Yeah. Um, but now I know mm-hmm. that he'll be back and I can't, I can't wait to see him again. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I'll appreciate him even more now that he we comes, had bad Harley. He comes back. I don't think he comes back this season. He'll, he'll be back next season. Will this Harley be back? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. From what I could tell, he was they, only in one episode. So they probably just couldn't adjust the, it was too late to adjust the script and then if he had been in later episodes again like they could adjust the script well yeah exactly for the for the future of our show if if you don't want to be spoiled for our show next episode or whatever um they end up explaining that harley had to go away for like he he got caught in a crime or something and had to go away to get rehab or some bullshit like okay that. but they explain it i just wish they had done that before this episode but then again maybe in this episode they didn't know like is he going to be back to do the show anytime soon right so they did they did the best they could with kenny johnston not harley yeah and sorry kenny it sucked (laughs) kenny i don't know if you became an actor like after this i hope so i hope that you were better than this because this wasn't great i think it's fine maybe he was just like an extra and they pulled him over and they were like, hey, look at this three-second clip of Harley going, hey, baboon. And then now you're that guy. Yeah. I think that was the, the one part that bothered me is when he called Corey baboon. I was he like, did. you cannot say that. Yeah, I was mad. <laughs> the first watch. The first watch, we were both mad, but like Alden was like really mad. He was yeah. like, this episode's going to be rough because I'm just going to keep talking about how much I hate this so much. Yeah. And then I looked it up and I get it. And it is what it is. So now you, that we have thank, jumped over that hurdle. Let me just say, class... Thank God we watched the episode twice because that would have been way different. Thank God for Google. Also, thank God for watermelon. Always. Thank God for watermelon. (laughs) We eat it every day. Uh, So anyway. Balanced breakfast and lunch and dinner. Fake Harley, Joey and Frankie come out and um, they, uh, Sean immediately runs over to them. He's like, did you guys see all the great pranks I did? And, uh, don't you think I'm ready to join your club? Like, you guys are my people. Yeah. And they're like, really? Because uh, you really got to, you know, you got to put your time in. We got an internship program. I can't even do the Harley accent cause because it's not. not. It's there. like, hey, you get the intern program. Yeah, just and... talk normal. He doesn't deserve your accent. Wow. So they talk about how, oh, Frankie says, that's I started as an intern. And now look at me. I'm a thug. <laughs> uh as they're out there talking Corey says something to sean like what you think you have a or like what's your what's your problem like why are you doing this and sean is just like you think i have a problem and mr turner comes out and like breaks up the the tribe and um sends is this when the, the bell rings yes and Corey and sean are arguing and the bell rings. Mr. Turner comes out and he's like, hey, guys, it's time to get to class. And Sean just turns around and walks away and Mr. in front like, of Mr. Turner. What's up with your friend? And Corey's just like, I wish I knew. But I like I know going forward what happens in the show between certain characters. 
I, mean, I don't. Yes, you do. I've never seen it before. Whatever. This is the first time. Okay, so did you start to see almost like a paternal look on Mr. Turner's face? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Sort of. There's a there's a genuine concern for Sean. So what I did find with Mr. Turner in this episode is he he played it the acting in this episode. Mm-hmm. I could see him trying to make Corey feel better and not act concerned, but also be concerned. Like yes. there was there was such a good multi layered. And that is a thing that you understand because that is a thing that you do. Sure, like, but I can't imagine acting like that. Right. No, like, he gets it very good. And I cannot believe that at the beginning of the season, I was like, Bleh, I don't even like Mr. Turner because I, I mean, I'm watching him like really try to bring the two together and I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. So Mr. Turner as I'm watching him as an adult is you're I'm watching him really start to care about someone that I think he relates to. Like you're seeing him sort of relate to this kid and have a paternal instinct towards him. Like, but this guy, this person, this actor is acting it and you can see it on his face. Like as it's happening, instead of it being actions, it's, like his facial expressions and he does a really good job. Yeah. No, he he did a really great job just kind of telling Corey, "Yeah, your friend's going to be okay," but like having that look in his eyes like uh... I mean, it could go anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what you can see on his face and Corey's like, "Uh, but it can't will he be all right?" He's like, "Yeah, of course he will." Yeah, like, we'll get we'll get more to that though in yeah. a little bit. Um but for now, we go to the the backyard where we we were we are reminded that Corey and Mr. Feeney are neighbors, and yeah, we go we go back to the to the house, and so Corey starts talking to Mr. Feeney. Yeah, Corey's walking out, and he's like, "Hey, Mr. Feeney, I need to talk to you." And he's like, "About your biography," and he goes, "Yeah, about my biography project," and he goes, "Well, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, or whatever." And Corey's like, no, 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 it's definitely not about you. Um, Sean, I'm doing Sean as my report. And he's like, oh, yes, of course, out of all the people who have lived and have stories to tell, you chose Sean Hunter. He says something like, um, right between uh, Gandhi. Gandhi and what was the other one? Like Silly Willy or something it like that? super wasn't Silly Willy. <laughs> Um, it was something like that. I don't think it was. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. So, but he goes through a whole, Corey asked him if, if, if people are kind of who they are going to be based on where they're from. And Mr. Fiend's like, oh, the old nature versus nurture question. And he goes, he gives a Feeney speech. He, he does a very, it's the first time in several episodes that we've gotten a good Feeney speech. Where, with Corey. Yeah, with Corey. I was going to say, because he gave a good one with Eric. Yeah, but this is Corey. Okay. Um, And he goes on about how, no, you know, you, you get to choose who you are. You get to choose what you're going to be. It, nothing is based on what you're given. You always have to, I don't know, it was really well said. It was I so can't, well said. I can't and it do was, it. It was definitely like... It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what resources you have. Like, you get to choose. You can either choose to become a victim or you can choose to rise above whatever. Or you can choose to be handed everything or you can choose to work for everything you have. Like, everything is a choice. You get to choose to be a good person. And uh, Amy yells, Corey, dinner. And he goes, I can choose to be who I want, Feeney. And he says, yes. And he goes, "Ah, I ain't coming or something like that. And Amy goes, Get your butt in here. And he turns to Mr. Feeney and he's like, you know what? You know what I'm going to say, Mr. Feeney? He's like, I'm wrong. (laughs) Now we go to the hallway where Jason and Eric are talking. Yes. And Jason is like, I got it all figured out. Well, Eric's like, you got me into this. You have to teach me how to skate. And Jason's like, I got it all figured out. Yeah. Um, I dubbed over my mom's weight loss tape and I made it about figure skating 
and you just need to listen to it while you sleep and you'll be a great skater. And, and he's like, it worked for my mom. And Eric's like, what do you mean? She's huge. And he says like, yeah, and it only took eight weeks. <laughs> um, so Eric takes the tape, but he says, there's no way this is going to work. I'm, I'm just going to have to cancel my date. Right. And from the hallway, you hear, what's her name? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, skater girl. From, skater from the, from the hallway you hear skater girl see you later girl she said see you later girl he wasn't good enough for her oh wait no that was jill you hear her go oh, i just the, the they keep giving me these smaller and smaller skirts before before long i'm not going to be wearing anything at all and like, oh, oh hey eric uh, i can't wait for our date on friday and he's like yep i'll be there yeah um and then we cut to sean who is with joey and frankie mm-hmm you just start laughing and smiling. Because it's my favorite scene. It's my favorite moment when... We just... We haven't had Joey... Just last week. Uh-huh. When we were watching it. Yes. Alden pointed out. Yes. We haven't had Joey and Frank in forever. He went... He looked at me. We were watching the episode last week, and he goes, I really miss Joey and Frankie. And then this week, we got Joey and Frankie. I think it happened as we started this episode. No, it was last... It was while we were... Because you went... Did you know they were about to show up? Yeah, because I didn't know if you had seen them like in a thumbnail or something when we were watching the last week's episode or something. Right. Joey and Frankie are there. Anyway, they're fantastic. Um, despite fake Harley, Joey and Frankie were awesome. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting there with Sean and Joey is trying to tell him, yeah, you need to, you're sitting up too straight. You need to slouch. He's like, pucker your lips out a little and bit. And Sean like slouches and he's like, too much, too much. You're trying too hard. Sit up. Um... And, and Frankie's, like, you need to go easy on him. Go it's easy his first on him. Day. And he goes, I remember your first day. <laughs> you were wearing a suit, but it's like a, it's like a laughing, but like, oh, what a cute boy kind of thing. Yeah, like he, like his best friend is endearing to yeah, him. Yeah, like when he showed up to be a thug in his suit, like it was just so cute. Yeah. So uh, Corey walks over and starts grabbing Sean. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You don't need to be hanging out with them. And Sean says, yeah, this is just who I am. You don't get it. Like, we're different people and we're going to different places. So why don't we just start now, stop being friends now to get ahead of the game? Because eventually we're going to end up in different places. I'm going to be here and you're going to be somewhere else. Corey's like, it doesn't have to be like that. And um, um, Harley comes out and starts giving That's Corey a hard time. baboon. Is it? Yeah. He okay. says something like... Um, like let him find his place baboon or something like that like and then once Corey is not there he starts talking about how like they need to do an initiation for mm-hmm. sean that they want they i felt like it was based on the fact that they just wanted to piss Corey off so they're like let's let sean hang out with us and let's give him an initiation maybe sure but definitely so the first time we watched this episode i didn't catch this but immediately after you were this blinded by hatred i was immediately after this Mr. Turner walks over and he starts giving Harley a hard time. And he's like, hey, you know, I have, I can't help but notice that you're taking Sean and under your wing and you're trying to make him be one of you guys. But you know he's not one of you guys. He's better than that. Like, you need to leave him alone um, or there's going to be hell to pay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to make sure that he's in my classroom tomorrow or you're going to have hell to pay. Right. And... As soon as he walks away, uh, Harley turns to Joey and Frankie and he goes, I think we just figured out Sean's initiation. Mm -hmm. I think Mr. Turner knew. I think Mr. Turner knew that if he walked over there and he pissed off fake Harley, Mm -hmm. that they were going to try to do something to him instead of someone else or do something more harmful to Sean. Right. And it put him in the center of the narrative. Right. And I think that that like you said he knew mm-hmm. i don't think i caught that the first time we watched it i definitely like, I, didn't i caught it the second time because he sort of set it up so that he was able to be involved in yep. every aspect of it which is like so fantastic because he did it in a way that wasn't 
like encroaching on the kids' space and not letting them figure things out on their own. He wasn't saying, okay, everybody needs to disperse and like, you guys can't figure this out on your own and I'm taking control. He inserted himself into it in a way that became helpful. There's an episode of Futurama where Bender is becomes basically God to this oh, tiny group of people. Stop, that episode makes and, me cry every time. And at the end of it, Bender meets something that may or may not be God, you know? And uh, he, Eric, uh, Eric? What? I don't know what's going on in my head. You're in love with Eric. You've said Eric a few times when it was not about Eric. You're just like, Eric is bad. God. Bender's- Eric is God? Bender says something um, about, like, how will I know if I've, if I've done the right thing? And God says, um, sometimes the best way to handle people is something, sometimes when you do the right thing, no one knows you did anything at all. And that's what I thought of Mr. Turner when I realized all of this was being set up around him. I'm about to start crying right now. Can Why? we watch that episode, please? Sure. That episode makes me cry every single time. Just even just that part. I love that episode so much. Yeah, that that line is one of my favorite lines in TV history. I think, yeah, and I, it has stuck with me. And this is so not Boy Meets World. This is Futurama. But that is something that has been a part of my mold for a very, very long time. Like where yeah. I've done a lot of things for people where I never expected to be noticed for it. And I mean, I haven't been. But good comes out of it. And I don't always know that that's a part of something that I did, but at least I tried. Yes. But Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner was Bender. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's, it's clear that he was kind of trying to set this whole plan in motion and in a way that kept it, kept it unpredictable for Mm -hmm. everyone involved. Everyone could learn something. But for him, it was very controlled. Like Corey, and Sean and Harley and Joey and Frankie all thought they were reacting to the situation. Which they were. They were given the space, just like God supposedly does for us. But Mr. Turner clearly created this chaos. Well, and he could anticipate what their reaction right. is. He knows all of them well enough. He he anticipates what their reaction is going to be and knows what his next step is in keeping himself a part of it. Right. He created a safe chaos. Yes. For, for as safe as it could be for Corey and Sean in this situation. Um, right. I don't think he cared about uh, Harley. I keep not wanting to call him Harley. Well, then don't. What do we call him then? Not Harley. Benjamin. Benjamin? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, he's just, he's not Harley. Okay, so not Harley, he, he didn't care what happened to not Harley. He wasn't trying to save not Harley. Mm-hmm. He was trying to make sure that Corey and Sean were in a position to make mistakes before, and learn from them before they got too bad. Right, right. And he was waiting there to make sure that someone was there to pick up the pieces for Sean or pick up the pieces for Corey if it went awry too. Right. But it doesn't happen that day, thank God, because now we go to Eric sleeping and he's he turns listening. His tape on. He's got his little wire Walkman headphones mm-hmm. and he clicks play on the tape and it's just like, um, you know how to say no to like and it starts going into basically the weight loss thing. Well it says, and you can ice skate <laughs> <laughs> and it's Jason's voice being like, Ice skate and they're like, Dessert does not control you. And, but so there's still food stuff. I cried both times laughing. Yeah, it was really good. So we're watching him fall asleep and he goes into like a deep sleep listening to this and his dreamscape opens up and Nancy Kerrigan is there and Nancy Kerrigan is telling him like, now you can skate. We can do this now. I'm going to let go of your hands now and, and you're going to go. She does like a triple axle and like spins around and she comes back and he's like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, yes, you do. Exactly what I did. Right. And so she lets go of his hand and like off he goes and he does some fancy, fancy skating. And he's like, I did it. I did it. And this was post like the Olympic disaster, right? It, I it, think it had that was 94, I think. And I this was 95. Yeah. And which would explain why Nancy Kerrigan was still super relevant. Right. But I 
for some reason, like she was super famous before all that she stuff. She was happened. super famous before, and then she was extra famous for like ten years after. Goodness gracious, she was pretty too. Like I, I didn't even realize. I don't remember her being that pretty because yeah. I watched, I watched ice skating. It was my life. Like I watched it so much. I knew every ice skater. I had my favorites. We went to ice skating shows. Like Scott Hamilton was my favorite skater. Ekaterina Gordieva was my favorite girl skater. I loved Nancy Kerrigan. But when you're watching it, you don't see their faces very much. And when you do, they're so heavily made up with like crazy makeup that you don't see what they really look like unless they're interviewing. Watching this, I was just like, holy cow, she's just like this like glowing like adorable person with like a perfect smile like she was so pretty yeah it took me by by surprise and i remember her being pretty but it was just a surprise in this episode yeah um and a pretty good actress yeah she was fine she she wasn't awful no she wasn't awful um so anyway so he's having he's having this dream with nancy kerrigan and then all of a sudden she goes well now you need to turn over your tape and he's like but what she's like end of side one please turn tape over (laughs) and then he wakes up and and takes his headphones off and goes i can skate and food has no power over me and (laughs) runs out of the room and it pans over to Corey, like who was woken up by eric yelling this with the most confused (laughs) look on his face you never shared a room with anyone did you no oh there are moments like that when you share a room with a sibling yes because that was just so fantastic because you see stuff like that in tv all the time and you never think about the fact like what about the other people who are seeing this crazy stuff happen yeah absolutely um so eric can skate now eric can skate now (laughs) and he's on a diet yeah uh but so anyway Corey is talking to the next morning Corey wakes up and he's at breakfast and he's pouring orange juice into his cereal and alan's Alan's like like super concerned come on talk to me um and alan has a really good speech here Mm -hmm. um Corey's talking to him about Sean. He's like, I, you know, I just still though, like he's listened. He has heard what Sean is saying and he's not listening to him. Right. He is hearing Sean say, we are from different places. You don't understand my life. Like you have no idea what I go through over here and what it feels like to be told I'm not good enough for other people. Corey's hearing this and he's still going, I don't understand why Sean's shutting me out. I don't well, understand why this is happening. Because all he's focusing is the fact that Sean said, I don't want to be your friend. Right. So he's just like, he's going through stuff, but that doesn't mean we can't be friends. Why doesn't he want to be friends with me? Right. And but that's what I mean. Like he's hearing him. He's hearing the words he's saying. He's not listening to him. True. Uh, but he's 13. So yes, Alan kind that's of. true. Alan starts explaining it to him and says, you know, sometimes people push you away when they need you the most. Mm-hmm. And Corey says, Sean must need me pretty bad right now, huh? And Eric's, I mean. <laughs> you are going to leave me for Eric Matthews, aren't you? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Is it because he can skate now? Because he was a skater boy? I'm just so tired. Um, and Alan. Uh-huh. Alan says, yes, he needs you a lot. Right. So. I think the next time we see, the next thing that we see is Sean is getting together with Joey and Frankie and Harley. And they go down to Mr. Turner's Harley, which it's really awkward to say Harley and Harley in the same sentence. They're Harley like, and Harley. He's about to start Ooh. singing that. <laughs> um. So they go down to Mr. Turner's Harley and then Harley, not Harley, hands Sean a really nice baseball bat, apparently, because huh. that's what Alden saw. It was like, wow, that's a really nice baseball it was a bat. Re- that was a really expensive baseball bat. I'm bummed that I don't have that baseball bat. But they also, they're talking about how beautiful the bike is and how clean. And, and uh, Frankie is like, yeah, so clean. You could, you could just eat it. And Joey goes, huh, I think you mean you could eat off of it. And Harley, er, and, and Frankie Fra- just like walks no, away. No, Frankie goes, I said what I said. <laughs> Is that when he walks away though? No, that's later. Oh, okay. So then they, they give Sean the bat and they're like, 
just go ahead, swing, do your thing. And Sean, like, winds up and turn, twists around and swings as hard as he can. And misses it like Come. Alden playing softball. Just kidding. You're Holy a great shit. softball player. <laughs> I just needed an example. You're the only person I know that plays. Okay, well. Now he you is guys, the MVP. I've told you this before. You can't make up for it now. Um, so he swung like a foot and a half over the bike. Like he wasn't even trying, obviously. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he made a mistake. They knew that he intentionally missed. Right. And he just goes, okay, I need to get a few practice swings. Um, and he starts to... Mind you, a week before this, his uncle just yeah, fixed this bike. That's true. For $300. Yeah. Um, his uncle, who, by the way, also <gasps> delivered for TK. Yes. Thank you. Is it John? That was John, yeah. John, you come through all the time. I know. With these amazing bits for us because I didn't notice. How did I not notice? I don't know. I don't know either. It was He, he seemed different. But after you said that on our Facebook page... Absolutely. Yes, 100%. I cannot believe that I yeah. did not notice that. No, it's just one of those things because we loved um, TK's delivery guys so much. And then we loved Uncle Mike so much. And we didn't ever go, oh, those two guys we loved. They were the same guy. Right. Anyway. Um, thanks, John. <laughs> I feel like uh, we should ask you for tips before we record an episode. Yeah. Please do not shy away from telling us anything. Yeah. Like... I love, I love the enlightenment. So, um, anyway, so Sean's swinging the bat and nervous and Joey and Frankie walk over to him and, uh, Frankie's like, huh, you know what I think? I think he's a chicken. And Joey's like, yeah, chicken. Like a, like a, I think you're gonna, we're gonna pluck him and we're gonna, we're gonna, fry him and the colonel's gonna come over and you're gonna grab him and you're gonna put him in a big bucket and they're gonna serve him with the side of fries and Frankie just walks off and he goes I just remembered something (laughs) (laughs) and leaves I wish there had been a Joey and Frankie show so god that would be great you know how like now on like kids channels and stuff they make those like shorts yeah Joey and Frankie shorts would have been my favorite thing on earth can you stop talking about Joey and Frankie's shorts? <laughs> I don't know. Can you stop talking about Eric Matthews? I never said Eric Matthews. I just said Eric. Oh, you're talking about other Eric's? Yeah. Now we're getting to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. You got any Eric at work? No, actually. Then who are you talking about? I don't know. At BMG and BMW. <laughs> who is all I'm talking <laughs> what about? Eric? What Eric's? Plural. Uh, so anyway, I just keep, <laughs> I keep trying to make sure I don't say Eric. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Corey comes out. Corey runs out and he's like, oh, hey, Sean, what are you doing out here? And Sean's like, go away, Corey. I told you, you're not one of my people. These are my people. And Corey comes over and he goes, really? Because I think I think if you can do it, I can do it. And he grabs the bat and he's trying to uh, take it from him. Take it from him and he's going to hit it. And Sean's just like, this isn't who you are. This isn't where you're from. And Corey's just telling him, this isn't who you are either. But if you can do it, I can do it because we're, you know, we're best friends. So yeah. whatever um, you can do, I can do. Um, uh, Harley comes over and he's like, get out of his way, baboon. I got to I got to he's got to prove his worth. And you're just getting in the way right now. And Corey, like, oh, stands yeah. like deep breath, stands up in Car- Harley's face, which thank God it was fake Harley. Because fake Harley is about a foot shorter than real Harley, so Corey was kind of close enough for it to kind of give that illusion. But and this kind of cheapens what he says, though, because he wasn't even saying it to real Harley. Do you think he would have had the balls to say it to real Harley? Yeah, because to him this was real Harley. Like it, it wasn't fake Harley to him. So he stands up to fake Harley and says, "You need to back up right now. This is my friend." And he gives a really good speech. He says. You need to back off, Kiner, and he you, talks about like his. He's like, take your greasy hair and your. I can't remember. What he else, says, take your gre- greasy hair and your rat face thug and get out of here. And Joey's standing behind Corey, and he's like, 
he was like nodding and then he starts like shaking his head and all of a sudden he's realizing that he's the rat faced thug and he like starts making faces. So if you watch this episode, just watch Joey in this yeah. part because it's very funny. Um, And that's when Mr. Turner comes out and he's like, you guys need to get away. And uh, Joey grabs Harley and goes, hey, when he was saying rat faced thug, was that pejorative? <laughs> <laughs> But like, so Mr. Turner, when he comes down, he says like, oh, you know, uh, I'm glad I caught you all down here. You, you like the bike? Like from my window, I thought a, a group of thugs, or a group of clowns were going to mess up my bike. But I came down here. I'm so relieved. It's just you guys. And um, Harley says like, oh, I'm just I'm so glad I was here to protect your bike. And yeah, I'm so glad I got out here before they the clowns messed it up. Yeah, and then off they go. Yeah, he's like, let's go, Frankie. Uh, Joey. Joey. Frankie's gone. He's eating chicken. Mm, I want some chicken. Off of a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> or chicken and a motorcycle. Yes. So, well, um, Sean just starts explaining that he's a lowlife. This is who he is, and he can't do anything better. And and Mr. Turner's like, really? Because um, uh, Corey came down to help you. Do you think lowlifes have friends like Corey? And... Corey's like, no, they don't. <laughs> like, very... Yeah, this is yeah, this is where I actually started writing about my opinion because it's very much. So this is where my opinion comes in. With Again, most this is the main portion of it. Okay, there is a really really good lesson about loving your friends through rough times and when they go through things, and and even about like not stigmatizing where people come from and stuff like that. But there's also like the privilege and anti-empathy portion of it that is a little bit of a problem, which I get. Like he's a 13-year-old kid and 13-year-old kids don't ever understand whether they're privileged. They do understand if they're not. Like so Sean's understanding that he is lacking in privilege and Corey is not understanding how privileged he is. And... um. The issue with this in this episode is that now Corey is being brought into it as the savior, as if someone who is struggling with their identity needs someone who is better than them to save them. Well, no, but Corey did keep him from doing what he was going to do. So, like, I do think that it's a give and take. Like, Corey was there to kind of say you know i'm gonna stand here and be with you even if you're gonna act like this yes but there is a portion of that where it's like mr turner going go hang out with your good friend he will keep you out of trouble and the good friend is someone who's not from the wrong side of the tracks it's someone who has a a very close to perfect family he has both parents he has a nice home he has two siblings that he kind of mostly gets along with like He's coming from a place of privilege and being able to help his underprivileged friend be a better person. And there's something about that that nags at me the wrong way. It's not they didn't do it badly. And I think that it is a common misconception or just perception that people who people like Corey, it's just the way that Corey is drawn. It's this kid who has a limited experience outside of his perfect family life and he is there to keep Sean straight and pull him out of this muck of a uh, trailer trash life that he lives and that it just there's that tiny little piece that nags at me as being like that's not how life works yeah I don't think that that's entirely the case, I see it a little bit differently. I can see where you're coming from, but Mr. Turner is telling him that he's not saying, do you think Trailer Park Trash can be friends with guys like this? He's just saying, like, do you think a low life would have a friend like this? Right. Because he's telling him, like, you're better than you think you are. Because otherwise, Corey wouldn't be caring about you like this right this is about you and you are a better person than you think yes and i do understand that but he does say like basically hang out with your good friend Corey, so that he can keep you in line okay so that's the part that it was just like maybe i missed that i didn't even catch that yeah he's like your friend is a good person 
So, like, listen to him. He he can keep you in line. But do you or do you not agree that Sean hanging out with Corey is better for Sean than Sean hanging out with Harley? I do agree with that. But it's, again, the whole episode is based on the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Those are friends. Those are people that he feels like are from the wrong side of the tracks. They aren't bringing in someone who has similar experience to him, similar life experience where similar like economy is similar, like all of that. And that person has better scruples than Sean and is helping him be a better person. They're taking a person of privilege and saying this person who has never dealt with any kind of adversity in his life is going to help you out of your own adversity. True, but it's a sitcom and I don't think they could have written a new character into. No, no. I'm just saying like for and I I also think that in the 90s that that is a very common thing that was looked at. I'm 35 years old and am old. Yes, I'm very old. Wow. Um, and in ni- in in 2019, I am trying to figure out ways to show our children one that they don't that they do come from like we're not rich by any stretch like any stretch of the imagination, but our children are privileged understanding that and having the empathy to understand that that not everyone lives that way and that like it doesn't make them less because they have less or it doesn't make you more because you have more is an important thing to understand and I do think that part of the issue with this episode and maybe even future episodes I'm not sure is that Corey's privilege leads to better behavior I don't I don't know what to add. Like You don't have to add anything. That was just my Tanya's opinion time. <laughs> it's <laughs> I seem to have it every episode. I don't mean to, but like bringing this into 2019, I think they mostly handled it well. I like I said, it was just a thing that nagged at me as like, oh, I don't know that I like that too much. Yeah, I don't know. It, I can see what you're saying, but I also see that like it's a fun sitcom that they did what they could with and right. I think it was good. But, but I've talked to you about the fact that like you have that I feel like there are things that sometimes you don't understand because you came from a place of privilege. Right. So maybe that's why like you've you um, maybe don't see it through that scope possibly. Okay. Which is what's great about this podcast because we both come from different like we've had different experiences with things. Yeah. So. So it's the post credit scene now. It, the A plot is wrapped up. Now we're wrapping up the B plot. Eric has gone skating with, um, what's her name? And he is, she's telling him, like, I had no idea you were such a great skater. I expected him to get out there and be bad. Yeah, me too. But, but she, this tape worked. Yeah. She's like, you're so amazing. Why didn't you tell me? And he's like, I just didn't want to scare you. Um, and then she goes, okay, do you want to go grab a bite to eat at Chubby's? And he goes... Yeah, because food has no power over me. <laughs> and she's like, um, okay, well, would you at least like sit there and watch me eat dinner and then we could have dessert? And he goes, um, uh, dessert? <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, dessert is the enemy of my hips. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, Eric, if you didn't want to hang out with me you could just tell me that's fine i'll just go get food by myself and jason walks in with two hot dogs in his hands and eric's like oh jason you uh and then jason holds up one of the hot dogs and eric like falls backwards he like flips over the bench that he's sitting on he like crawls out the door and shuts he makes like a screaming noise like and uh uh yeah then jason sits down with with what's her face and she takes a hot dog and is like would you like dinner and he says you know i was the one who taught eric how to skate right and that's when eric is like his face is in the window like his mouth is all like on it and breathing <laughs> and then he like Ew, takes off like a terrible he takes off like a scared animal and runs yeah and that's it that's it that's the episode I, how did we feel about it? We kind of 
told you the whole episode how we felt. Did did you? Because you didn't talk much. How did you feel about the episode? You I thought it was it. I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um, I fake Harley really bothered me, but mm-hmm. once I learned what happened, I was okay with it. Um, I really like how Mr. Turner played everything. I liked how he taught them without teaching them. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, Joey and Frankie were fantastic this episode. Eric was fantastic this episode. Jason sucked this episode. Eric was so fantastic that Alden is in love with him. That I can't keep stop saying Eric, Eric, Eric. And um, it's crazy to me that during such a heavy Joey and Frankie episode, all you can think about is Eric. I don't understand. <laughs> and like Amy and Alan were good. They were used very sparingly, but they were good. Mm-hmm. Um, Feeney was good. Like yeah. all around, it was a good episode. Um, I hope Corey actually learned something from it and not just Sean. Yeah. No, I hope they both did. Um, and I hope we get real Harley back soon. We stand with you, Real Harley. Stand with Real Harley. I stand Real Harley. <laughs> okay. You just spit all over my face. Because <laughs> I just didn't know how to react. Um, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I think there were a few issues here and there, but other, I mean, it was a good episode. Yeah. Issues are not bad. Like, it gives us something to talk about. I That's true. It was a good episode. Like, all of the different plot, like... I guess this was two plots. Yeah. Both plots were strong plots. Mm-hmm. And so I will say that like we only had two plots this episode and that means you get less of other characters, but it gives them a chance to make those two plots a little more focused mm-hmm. because the last few episodes we've had three plots going and they've all been a little less focused. Yeah, it's been sort of like scatterbrained. Yeah. Um so I get using the three episodes because you're like we've got all these amazing characters, mm-hmm. let's fit them all in somehow. But maybe the two plots makes more sense. Yeah. But I guess we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure they can figure out a way to make the three plots play best. But um, I'm not I'm not sure. We had a little hint of Topanga in this episode. A little but... taste. A little taste of Topanga. Yeah, that's not... It came out worse than it sounded in my head. <laughs> um, we had just like a little bit of Topanga in this one. But guess who never talked about the fact that Topanga admitted her undying affection for Corey. Was it Corey? Yeah, it was. Oh, I guessed. I guessed on one try. Good job. You're so smart. Um, What did Topanga even do in this episode? She wanted to write about Katie Couric. That's right. She wanted. She loves Katie Couric. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall good episode. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No. Well, follow us on Twitter, BMG and BMW, and email us at bmg and bmw at gmail.com and join our facebook group where's that on facebook oh my gosh so go on facebook talk about fake harley um if you know any more about the story let us know john asby probably yeah please because you are super smart um but john is like our smartest listener and if you want to challenge that go to our facebook group Ooh, you why would you pit our listeners against each other you just started a battle. No, I think that... I think John might need a challenge. Like, it's too easy for him right now. He might need a challenge. We're helping him. <laughs> okay. You're so helpful. <laughs> um, I guess that's it. This is the, Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 19. Class dismissed.